Hey, what's up, everybody? What's good? It's me, your host, Jeff D. Malvison, host of the Bomb Was That Podcast. Um, I know it's been a while, you know, but um, we're scaling back on episodes, not doing it every week, but we're doing at least two or three episodes a month, but still with the same great content for you guys. And hopefully soon, some great interviews, too, to go along with it. Um, hopefully everybody's having a great weekend so far, start of the weekend. You know, it was a cold week in Atlanta. It was raining really hard. But, um, you know, let's get to the show uh, where we don't say what's bad. We say what's good on the Bone and podcast. So tonight we're going to be talking about <clears throat> we're going to be talking a lot about the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl is coming up in two weeks. Obviously, um, you know, the matchup between the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, you know, I, I always say the team that usually wins the Super Bowl is usually the team that has the most momentum. And right now, to me, it's the Bengals. They have the most momentum. But before we get into we dig deep, you know, we're going to go, you know, who has the edge in the position areas? You know, so first, let's start off to how we got here. Clearly, the Rams with so much expectation, the Super Bowl being at SoFi Stadium this year, the Rams trading traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Then Robert, Robert Woods tears his ACL. They get Odell Beckham off the waiver wire. I mean, you, you talk about a team of destiny or however you want to say it. Uh, this, that's the Rams, you know, with an all-pro like um, Aaron Donald. Um, they have Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, you know, and a great play caller in Sean McVay. It's only right that they're in the Super Bowl. And the other end of the spectrum, we got the Bengals, who are riding a ton of momentum. I'll be honest, I didn't see this happening this quick. Definitely not a Super Bowl appearance. I know maybe the playoffs I saw, but the Super Bowl, I never thought that. But that just goes to show you, man, this guy, Joe Burrow, is a winner. Um, he's exactly what you ex- exactly what you expect out of a number one pick. Um, you know, it's... I, I'd like to say a match made in heaven. There's so many storylines you know, subplots to go along with the Super Bowl. I mean, you have the former assistant going against his old boss, you know, Zach Taylor going against Sean McVay. You got two number one overall picks going against each other, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. You got the Bayou connection, Jamar Chase and um, and Odell Beckham. I mean, you got a very good defense in Cincinnati against a very talented defense in, in the Rams. Um, you know, the Bengals, they, you know, they, this is what they had. The Bengals beat the Raiders. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Titans. I mean, you took two or three, you took around the top two behemoths in the AFC. And to make it this far, I mean, God, they have to win this game. I mean, or else it'd be a waste, but it's not a waste. But I, I truly believe that it's going to be, it's going to be a close game gonna be a very very close game um the rams are gonna have the rams winning by six 27 21 again it's gonna be a close game you know um what i really want to get to is the position breakdown um so i put for the quarterbacks it's gonna be a tie i think it's evenly matched at the quarterback position although i like i like joe burrow at times matthew stafford can get a bit erratic you know he's throwing interceptions of late um, but it's it's a it's a tie for this one. The, at running back, I like the Bengals. I love Joe Mixon. I love what he brings in the run game and the pass game. 
Um, I also like, uh, you know, what they have in Samaje Pirine. Um, now the Rams, they're no slouch either, you know. Obviously, with Cam Akers being out for the majority of the season, you know, they had Sonny Michelle, Daryl Henderson. Um, I, I like what they, you know, but the Bengals, uh, to me, Joe Mixon's in every down back, you know. So, <clears throat> wide receiver and tight ends, uh, I have to go with the Bengals on this one. Even though Cooper Cup, the reigning Triple Crown winner in the NFL, um, they got Odell Beckham. Uh, and at tight end, Tyler Higby. That's pretty much it for the Rams. It's really Cup, Beckham, Higby. And for the Bengals, it's Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, C.J. Uzama. I mean, they got, they're got they a bit well more diverse on offense. I feel... I feel for the Bengals on defense, if they can just stop Cooper Cup and limit the big plays, then they have a chance. Um, the offensive line, I love the Rams' offensive line. Uh, the Bengals has been, obviously been a, it's been a problem for them. I mean, Joe Burrow has sacked over 40 times this season, including nine in that divisional win against the, um, against the Titans. So we... I mean, the fact that he's still standing and they're in the Super Bowl is a, is a miracle to me. But I love the Rams' offensive line. Now, defensive line, I like the Rams. They're front seven. Um, I love I love Aaron Donald. I mean, obviously, he's the best, not just defensive player, best overall player in the league. Then you got, they got Leonard Floyd on the outside. They got Von Miller, who they added. Um, they got Taylor Rapp. They got uh, Jalen Ramsey. They got stars on that defense. I mean, bona fide stars on that defense. Whereas the Bengals, very good pass rush. Um, Sam Hubbard, um, Trey Hendrickson, their linebacking core is very solid. Um, you know, it's it's one of those, they're better than the sum of their parts. Which leads me to the secondary. I, I take the Rams over their Rams secondary. Um, the special teams, now here's where it gets tricky. <clears throat> I was I was gonna put the Rams, but it's it, to me it's a tie because McPherson. I mean, he, he's won both games for them. Evan McPherson, yeah, Evan McPherson's won both games for them. Um, for the for the Bengals, um, it, you know, obviously in the punting game, the field position game, Johnny Hecker, he's a very good punter, one of the best in the league. So we'll see we'll see who wins the field position game, and of course the coaching. I take the Rams on this one. Sean McVay, obviously a great play caller. He knows what he's doing out there. Um, the guy is just an absolute genius. And, you know, hopefully this time around, this time around, hopefully they win the Super Bowl. Now we head to the Pro Bowl. Obviously the Pro Bowl is um, Pro Bowl Sunday on ABC. Um, they had the skills challenge, which I loved. But... So for... So for context, I want to say uh, all the major sports, the NFL is the only major sports that play the, the all-star game after the season, after the regular season is over. Of course, they can't do it in the middle of the season because football is just too much of a, you know, it's a physically demanding sport. So I had, so I thought to myself a couple ways I can combat that. Um, do a seven on seven. You know, like kind of like how they do in high school with the passing league, the seven on seven. Um, also, I, 
I thought about um, flag football. You know, you can you know, spice it up a little bit like a flag football. Obviously, you know, there's no tackling in the Pro Bowl. It's obviously two-hand touch or whatever. Or even the first to ten to ten point ten touchdowns. You can do that. The first to ten touchdowns. I'm like how you played in the streets. First to ten touchdowns. That's what I would do if I were commissioner. You know, and if I were legislating how the Pro Bowl should go, or even you know what, better yet, scrap the whole Pro Bowl thing and just do, hey, you've been named to the Pro Bowl, and it's done after that. They have a huge celebration, kind of like how they have the NFL honors. You know, um, you know, do that just. Or do some way to spice up the Pro Bowl because I feel that the Pro Bowl in recent years it's lost its juice. It's not how it used to be. Um, I think a couple days ago I was watching a, uh, a clip of uh, you know um, the late Sean Taylor. It was on a punt coverage and the guy and I think it was from the Bills. He bobbled the snap and he was going to try to run for the first down and Sean Taylor depleted him. Now, clearly it was the Pro Bowl, but obviously that's what made it fun because they, the guys were actually playing hard. I, and and, I, and, I, and I'm, as a football fan, I want to see that. I want to see the guys play hard. I want to see them, you know, give it their all. Granted, it's a Pro Bowl, so you know not every guy's going to be doing that. But that's just me. That's just how I feel. So coaching news, um, obviously with the news of Brian Flores, you know, um, <clears throat> a guy who I think should never have been fired by the Dolphins. I think he should obviously get another shot, but obviously what's being said, you know, clearly that may not happen anytime soon, although I hope it does. Um, Brian Dayball got hired by the New York Giants. I like that hire. He's an offensive-minded head coach. Hopefully he can get, hopefully he can, the same he got out of Josh Allen, he can get out of Daniel Jones. We hope. We only hope. For the Giants fans out there, we only hope. Um, <clears throat> the Dolphins, they're interviewing, uh, Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, honestly, I would love to see them hire Kellen Moore because I feel that he's a great play caller. You know, albeit, you know, with the kind of playmakers you have on Dallas, you know, that, that made it very easy. Um, the Saints, they're going to interview Eric Bieniemy, who I thought should have been hired a long time ago. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's that, so... Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see. We got some more latest news on that. <clears throat> now we head to the NBA All-Star game. On the last podcast, I talked about the NBA starter, the NBA All-Star starters. Now we're talking about reserves. So the reserves, a couple of names stood out to me. Um, Fred Van Fleet, who, you know, this guy, he was undrafted. And now he signed a huge contract extension. And now that, and now also he, you know, he leads the league in minutes played. Um, he's an NBA champion, and now he's an all-star. So congrats to Fred Van Fleet. Also, the hometown, uh, Darius Garland, you know, the of the Cleveland Cavaliers, of the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers. Thought it should have been Jared Allen, should have been an all-star game, but, you know, Darius Garland's much deserving. The surprise was Draymond Green. This guy is not averaging in double figures, but I think with the voters or whoever you know put the who did the reserves i think i think he his impact is far beyond the numbers it's the little things you know the defensive presence um and i know people are gonna be like ah oh, draymond you know there's plenty of guys who should have been there you know like anthony edwards Lamelo ball jared allen 
you know, Bam Adebayo, guys like that, much more deserving. But Draymond, you could tell he means so much to the Warriors. Without him, do they win as many games as they do? No, I mean, <clears throat> now, now to, um, you know, to be honest, let's be fair. Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, are superstar players, but you need that glue guy, and Draymond Green is the ultimate glue guy. So, yes, it was surprising that he was named an All Star, but still, that's much much deserves to Draymond Green. Um, NBA trade news: um, Norm Powell and Robert Covington going from the Blazers to the Clippers. Um, I, I like this trade. Even I see what the Clippers are trying to do. You know, obviously, we're staying under the cap payroll flexibility um obviously i'm not sure what the blazers are trying to do as of right now i don't know if they're trying to blow it up or whatever they're trying to do but uh the clippers i like this trade um norm powell covington both good perimeter defenders covington's a good three-point shooter norm powell is a guy who can get to the rim and it helps because we don't know when paul george is coming back he's supposed to come back within the next month um, Kawhi, hopefully playoff time. If that's if the Clippers make it to playoffs. Um, but I do like it. Currently, the Clippers sit at 27 and 27. They're on the outside looking in, so they can make a run. There's, there's what maybe 28 games left till the season's over, so they they have time. They still have time to make a run. Now there are two teams that I had that I wrote down, and I had to double check at their record. But these two teams have surprised me. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Memphis Grizzlies. And for two entirely different... Well, two of the same reasons, really. Well, two entirely different reasons. First, let's look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, to add some context to this, LeBron's been gone for, what, three years, three, four years now? And the Cavaliers have slowly, 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 slowly... I mean, slowly gotten better. Um, they, they rebuild which is usually what happens when LeBron leaves. You rebuild. So the Cavs, they drafted Colin Sexton. Then they draft Darius Garland. Now at the time, you draft two two guards who do the exact same thing. Both are ball-dominant guards who, who need the ball in their hands. Well, fast forward a bit. Colin Sexton gets hurt. They brung rookie Rubio in the offseason. He gets hurt. And Darius Garland's an all-star. Now, not saying Colin Sexton and rookie Rubio aren't good players. They really are good players. But if you can see where I'm going with this is the Cavs, they got young. They got young and they got, they were patient. You know, they literally stole Jared Allen from the Brooklyn Nets. Literally stole him. And he's averaging a double-double. Obviously, he signed the massive extension uh, before the season started. The last remnant of that championship team is still there. Kevin Love, he comes off the bench. Um, they got this impressive rookie, Evan Mobley. Isaac Okoro has had a, has a, has had a nice season. Um, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff, who I think, in my opinion, should be coach of the year, considering what he's done. Um, I mean, 31-21, and 21, they're in the top half of the Eastern Conference. I mean... Come on, that, I mean, trust me, everything's going up in the land, and I love it. I truly love it. Memphis, welcome to the grindhouse, Memphis. You know, John Morant, he's taking that next step from, 
a good player to a superstar overnight, seemingly overnight. He's an all-star starter. Um, him and his running mate Desmond Bain, who's really come on in his second season. Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, um, Brandon Clark, uh, Xavier Tillman. Um, I know I'm missing some more guys, but they've got a nice young core. They kind of remind me of Oklahoma City. Um, you know, they... You know, they got a rugged center like Steven Adams, too. Also, I forgot, almost forgot about him. But they kind of remind me of Oklahoma City. You know, you have your star, John Morant. Then I guess your co-star would be Jaron Jackson. Then you have, I guess, Desmond Bain would be considered the James Harden. And then your Serge Ibaka would be, I guess, would be, yeah, I guess would be Steven Adams. I mean, I like what this team has done. They're 36 and 18. I mean, they could be a top four team in the West. They're currently right now, what, I think fourth or fifth in the West, if I'm not mistaken. And this team is, they've done it and they, they've done it the right way. They built through the draft, both teams, Cleveland and Memphis built through the draft, um, impressive trades. I, people for, people are, I think people underestimate that Steven Adams trade for Jonas Valanciunas. He brings a lot of toughness. Not saying that Valanciunas ain't tough, but Steven Adams brings that toughness to that team. Um, <clears throat> now we switch to Major League Baseball. Big Poppy in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was a f on the first try, he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, think about it. Where his career was and to how it's finished. He was with the Minnesota Twins, then got released. The Red Sox picked him off off waivers. And the guy becomes a hero in Boston. I mean, an all-time great in Boston. Think about it. I mean, just look at that 2004, um, 2004 playoff, playoffs against the Yankees. Down 3-0. And this guy did it. He cemented himself as a playoff legend. And his final season, I mean, was stuff of legend too. And his final season made the all-star team. I mean, 300 hitter? Come on now. In your final season? That's just Hall of Fame worthy stuff. Two guys I'm surprised aren't in the Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds and the Rocket Roger Clemens. My opinion on that is uh, I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of the PED, you know, what people have against that. Um, you can't write baseball history without Barry Bonds. I know I've said that on past podcasts, but you can't write the history of baseball without Barry Bonds. He's the all-time home run leader, no matter what people say. If you look at his Pittsburgh days, he's a Hall of Famer. Before, when, whenever he started doing the juice, he was a Hall of Famer, plain and simple. Um, even Roger Clemens, I don't know when he took the juice or when he was, you know, they said he took PED, but he was a Hall of Famer, uh, a Hall of Fame player. Um, you know, that's just my opinion on that. I know people have varying degrees on it, about the PED. Um, you know, for me, I think also Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, there's many players who gamble on the game. You know, I don't I don't like the gambling aspect, but still, I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the all-time hits leader. Come on now. So now, there's this one show that I've seen, and I and I really and I really enjoy. I've gotten to really like it. It's called um, Abbott Elementary. I know people probably want. If you're listening to this, people probably want to know who. 
Yes, Abbott Elementary. It's a show that comes on ABC Tuesdays at 9, I think. It's an awesome show. It, it really is. It's It kind of reminds me of The Office. Because anybody has ever seen that, The Office. It's very... It, it's satire, but it's comedy. It's comedy and satire. So really, you know, the comedy part is, you know course you know your teachers you know being funny with the kids and stuff like that but the satire is really you know not just satire but the the reality the harsh reality that some of these teachers have to go to have to go through in these schools you know public schools um the obstacles that they face you know even it basically telling you the story of how teachers have to go what teachers go through in public schools you know, um, it, it, I hope it lasts long, you know, I hope, I hope the, you know, I hope the show, you know, I hope the show lasts long, because it's a really good show, it's funny, um, it, I mean, it just shows you what some of these teachers go through but in a funny way but not without of course with how should i say it it's funny yet serious at the same time you know and it shows each character it shows each character but it shows them in a different light it shows each of them but their motivations are different you know you have the the teacher who's always smiling, the bubbly teacher, you know, who is hopeful, naive, young. Um, and of course, I've, I've always you always remember those teachers who, you know, the rookie teacher who's always, you know, who's always bubbly, smiling. And then you re- she realized, oh, God, what did I get myself into? Then you have the the old head, as I like to call it, the teacher who's close to retirement, who really doesn't care. Who just like okay? I just want to. I just want to finish. You know, I just want to get the hell up out of here. And I think in many aspects of life, we can we can all relate to that because at work, we embody a lot of these characters at work. You know, we know it. Even in everyday life, we see people who who embody those characteristics. Who have that you know that one guy at work who never seems to shut up and the other guy who doesn't want to work then the other guy who half does his work and you know things of that nature so as i'm about to finish i want to clarify some things that happened to me on social media i read let's say story time so for those of you and the moral of this story is also to not if you find a dm that's kind of shady you know don't don't respond to it don't listen to it nothing like that okay so i got a dm talking about oh we'll give you a thousand dollars and i thought yeah right i made a mistake and clicked on it or whatever and it took over my account it hacked my account Try to get back my account the person said no you have to do this that and the other long story short the person tried to ex- 
try to get $500 out of me. I said, no, I'm not doing that. Then the person proceeds to send all these weird cryptic messages to people who follow me or, you know, who I follow on, on Instagram. So that meant the whole Tuesday, Wednesday, having to clarify all these things that happened, having to tell people, hey, that's not me. I don't do this. I don't support any of that stuff. Basically, the moral of the story is I want you to always be be aware of who's sending you DMs. Um, don't always be quick to answer the DMs. If you think it's shady, it probably is shady. And just swipe left with that. Delete the, the DM. If they're asking you for money or if they're sending, oh, we'll give you money and all this stuff. Don't don't ever never listen to those things. So as I conclude the show, I'm going to give my weekend shout out. And this one is Melanie Prince. She's a mom. She's a hardworking lady and also an author. She's got a couple of projects. She gave me a little excerpt from one of her projects. Um, when she told me about it, I thought it was it was a dope idea. You know, she's an up and comer, uh, kind of like me, an up and comer. Um, you know, also we, um, you know, also I also wanted to say about her that uh, she's a hardworking person, gives it her all each and every day, and I can't wait to see the project come to life. Obviously, she's working on it. It's coming out real, real soon, and when it does come out, I'll let you guys know so you guys can check it out. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I've heard some of it. It's pretty awesome. So I just want to say, for those who don't know who I am, this is Jeff Malvison of the Bonvoise podcast. And you can hit the subscribe button if you like what you heard. If you're a first time subscriber for my longtime listeners, I want to thank you. And if you want to follow me on the on the social media, it's at IG, oh, IG at Bonvoise podcast. That is IG at Bonfazet Podcast. You can hear me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, yeah, so, I mean, hey, I appreciate the support. I appreciate everything that um, that you guys have done for me. Uh, I want to thank you and have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah.